We're doing the monster mash, as I've been uh, lovingly saying it. And some of you, some of you already want it to be over. The first two weeks, you've already been like, oh, so much talk about money. I don't know about you, last week, Pastor Craig's message, like, right into the sternum at a couple of points, I was like, ah, dude, calm it down. I don't need this. You can't wait to move on out of Money Monsters. I have good, good news for you. You're just getting so impatient for it to be over. Well, this week we're talking about impatience. Because we've already talked about greed, the Money Monster greed and how greed's trying to get you. Pastor Craig talked about consumerism, that monster, and consumerism's a monster in our culture. This week there's another monster, impatience which I refer to, I think of this monster as the evil eye. Any, any, any moms have the evil eye? Get that little vein in your forehead. Yeah. Uh, I'm from Southern California, and so we have a lot of, of, of Latino and culture families, mainly Mexican. And they have the, all, all the Mexican mamas of my friends had, had a word, something they called the ojo. Ojo is Spanish for eye. And when you got the ojo you knew it was about to go down. This monster is the evil eye, the evil impatience. Now, I want to qualify a little bit of something. This series is specifically about money and money monsters, but we don't want to lock it into just that. Each one of these applies to a little bit more than just money because you can be greedy about things other than money, right? Consumerism can affect you in ways other than money, right? And I hate to tell you, impatience can affect your life in ways beyond money. But we're going to start a little bit with money, and we're talking about three lessons to beat down this money monster. Because we're the first, we're the first message, we don't want to just wound these monsters. We want to kill them. We want to kill them so they don't come back stronger. And so for this monster, we've got to really give it the beat down and so in our life, impatience isn't something that's hiding behind us trying to kill us or coming up in front of us and trying to kill us. I'll talk about it in a little bit. And so for this one, I went to Proverbs. Proverbs is fun. Proverbs can often be read wrong. So maybe you're going to go in and you're going to read the book of Proverbs, and you should. I recommend reading Proverbs all the time, at least once a year. And sometimes people mistake Proverbs for a book of Bible promises. It's not. Proverbs is, is wisdom literature, just like Ecclesiastes, just like Job, just like it, it, all those different wisdom books. And so like you have these, these statements, and sometimes people turn these into statements, if I do this, then God's always going to do that. That's not really what, how Proverbs is written to be. Proverbs is written to be wisdom. This is how God ordered the earth, and if you follow the path of wisdom, this is generally the results you're going to get. And when it comes to money, Proverbs has way too much to say. So I want you to, to, to think of these as wisdom, as things that can educate you and to help you walk on the path. And you might say, well, this isn't always true. Well, it is not always true in the book of Proverbs. It is, in general, how the world works, how the world works. This is the, the wisdom of God for you on how he ordered the universe. But there's always exceptions. Our first beatdown 
or the money monster of impatience, that hard work wins every time. Hard work is the key to beating down the money monster. Proverbs 13.11 says, Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. What the writer of this proverb is trying to get through to us is that if we're constantly trying to hit it big, even if you hit it big, you won't keep it. General wisdom. Is this 100% true all the time? No. Because there's people who win the lottery and they have that money for the rest of their lives. Most people who win the lottery end up broke and destitute. Statistics are, are very clear. Winning the lottery is a quick way to ruin your life. It's a quick way to have everybody in the world sue you. You've got millions of dollars. Oh, I made it onto your lawn. Oops. Hard work is what God wants to teach us is the way to build who we are. And to build, you know, we're not out to, to get rich for the sake of getting rich, but we are out to not retire eating cat food. Is anyone down with that? Uh, Alpo is not my retirement plan. Hard work wins every time. Working and saving, and I wish I had a million messages to go through all this with you. We've preached about some of this before. But we get impatient. And we say, well, you know what? I could save this. I could do that. Or, or, you know, lottery tickets, if I just would win that. A lottery's the biggest one in our culture. But there's lots of things like that. Maybe you have a friend on social media. God bless them. And if you're one of my friends on social media and you have me watching the online, uh, I, I still love you. But whatever you're selling and whatever is going to make me $10,000 a week if I just message all my other friends on social media to buy this or that. Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. Not to say, again, this is general wisdom, and I would even say it generally, not everything like that work-at-home thing is bad. Even if they're a little pyramid scheming, they're not all bad. Everyone who does them is typically annoyed. No, I'm joking. Uh, again, whoever you are, I love you. But I'm not going to sell it. I don't have time. Hard work is what wins every time. And in fact, uh, I remember talking with someone who was doing, oh, which one were they doing? Beachbody. Obviously, I participate in Beachbody. And they even said to me, like, you know, yeah, lots of people can do this, but... Unless you're willing to work hard, you're not going to make any money. Shocking. Wealth from hard work grows over time. Get rich quick? Not so much. Impatience leads us to do stupid things. 
I mean, stupid has impatience written all over it. It's payday lending. I have now gotten myself so deep into the hole that I cannot get out, and I need something now, so I'm going to go borrow money at 800% interest. And if you've ever done that, I don't hate you. I love you. I've done stupid with money. I've done really stupid with money. So you're, you're in good company. I'm in your company. I've done stupid stuff. But impatience gets you. It'll end up getting you. And it'll end up where 10 years down the road, you'll say, I got impatient and I did something dumb. Maybe it's impatience. Here, here's the biggest, biggest one of these in our culture. And again, some of you guys, I'm, you're going to feel like I'm punching you in the gut, but I got to tell you, done it. Okay? There's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Whatever stupid thing I'm telling you right now is something I have done. Impatience is when there's something you absolutely do not need, but you take out a loan to pay for it over the next six years. Dumb. Dave Ramsey will tell you, you know, it's always wrong to borrow money. I'm not going to say here or there or this or that. You know, people have their own different things they're going to do, but it's definitely impatience when we borrow money we don't have to buy things that we don't need. And working hard and saving and buying things will, will not lead you down that path. Another proverb to this regard is, a hard worker has plenty of food, but a person who changes fantasies ends up in poverty. Chasing fantasies, get rich quick. This, I'm going to do this one thing and everything's going to be better. Will end you up broken. When we finally get through what Jesus is trying to speak to us, that this is a monster, this impatience thing, this, I'm going to get it now and it's going to be better and it's going to be bigger. We can kill that and we realize that Jesus wants us to just show up and work and to see the fruits of consistent effort in our direction. Let's take this away from money for a minute because this is true in every single part of your life. Maybe you feel like Jesus has called you to do something. Something on his mission. Maybe it's reach a friend. Maybe it's start a homeless shelter. Maybe it, I, don't, I don't know what your thing is. Maybe Jesus has told you to do something. And you're waiting for that moment where you can just step right into it and it's done and it's ready and it's good to go. And God's just going to make it all happen. A hard worker has plenty of food, but a person who chases fantasies ends up in poverty. Whatever Jesus is calling you to do, you have to be patient. And that might mean a period of waiting where you do nothing, but also might mean a period where you do really, really hard work and you don't always get to see the results. Every pastor in the room can say amen to that. Jesus is calling you to do something significant with your life. He didn't put you on earth 
to just come here and eat and drink and die. He put you here for his mission. He put you here to participate in Jesus saving the world. And he says, hey, by the way, you get to be a part of that. You need to be look, patiently looking for your part in that. And saying, Jesus, I'm, I'm in and I'm in no matter what it takes. I'm in for the hard slog. I'm in for the pain. I'm in for the difficulty. I'm in to work hard to see whatever it is you put me on this earth for to come to pass. Hard work wins every time. Now, this is an interesting one. Want to beat down the money monster, the evil eye? Being trustworthy is important because being trustworthy is connected to your ability to be patient. Proverbs 28.20, the trustworthy person will get a rich reward, but a person who wants quick riches will get into trouble. There's a theme there. Well, let me see. Get rich, quick schemes, quickly disappears. Chasing fantasies ends up in proper poverty. You want quick riches, you're going to get into trouble. A theme in Proverbs often. In fact, these last couple we're doing is the verse 19, 20, and 21 of chapter 28. And so in the middle of him talking about hard work and not being greedy and all these other things, he mentions, by the way, a trustworthy person is going to get a rich reward. It's almost like the writer of these Proverbs realized that people who are patient and who are willing to do the hard work to get to where God wants them to be also are trustworthy people because they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and they're not chasing after fantasies and they're not trying to use people around them to make them rich. Because if you're greedy, if you're impatient, if you have this consumerism monster eating your lunch, you will use and abuse the people around you to get what you want. Which, by the way, is a very anti-Christ thing, sort of, too. It's the opposite of being a Christian. Where Jesus tells us to lay down our lives for others. But for some reason, if you're trustworthy, the writer of Proverbs is showing us, if you're that type of person, so in addition to being a hard worker, you're a person of integrity, God is going to reward that. We'll get a rich reward. Now, what we learn later from, from Jesus is that may not be money. I'm not going to tell you that if you put a dollar in the offering plate, that God's going to give you a ten times blessing, and you're going to get ten bucks back you know, in the mail that week. Jesus tells us, by the way, you should be saving up treasures in heaven. That's the Eric paraphrase of that. To not always be so focused on if our bank account is big, but instead to be focused on our impact for Jesus is that big. Again, I, everything can be taken to a stupid extreme. Where you say, oh, well, I have to give everything away and I have to vow poverty. And again, I'm not going to save for retirement. I don't advocate that at all. What I advocate is a right understanding of who owns your money. Who owns your money? God does. Because who made it? Who made you? 
Who's Lord? He's Lord, He's King, He's God, it's all His. We are privileged to get to manage God's stuff. So we need to be trustworthy with it. And again, I believe that if we're trustworthy with it, then God gives us room to take care of ourselves. Just like we said in the first week, give us today our daily bread. Jesus wants us to pray and act in a way that takes care of us, and, he, and knowing that he's the one who's really taking care of us, and to be responsible. But a trustworthy person will get a rich reward. It's a general rule of thumb, right? This is, this is true, but of course we all know an impatient, greedy person, maybe at work, who lies their way to the top. Now, I'm happy to say that I know that God sees it all. So people who succeed that way, they'll get into trouble eventually, because eventually they're going to face-to-face with Jesus. But in general, in life, it's also true. People who tend to, to advance themselves that way eventually get caught and eventually get jacked, in my opinion. But if you're just a hard worker and you do the right thing, typically God's going to bless you and you're going to end up where you want to be. Or you're at, least, at least you're going to end up where Jesus wants you to be, which sometimes isn't the same thing. Being trustworthy is connected to your ability to be patient and to kill the impatience monster. Lastly, you want to beat down the money monster? The impatience monster will hit you from the front. And his friend Greed is hiding in the back. So where the impatience monster is just... The greed monster is sneaking up behind you because they are best friends. So I'm now going to preach my whole greed message again to make sure you got it. No, no, it's online. You can look at it that way. But, again, this is Proverbs 28. It continues. His greedy people try to get rich quick, but they don't realize they're headed for poverty. So look, impatience and greed. They're kissing cousins. I'm from the South. We say this sort of thing. Sorry. My family tree doesn't fork as much on that side. Sorry, Granny. I didn't say that, if you're watching today. Uh, She's real mad when I say that. Greedy people try to get rich quick. Impatience and greed, man. Greed can be a little easier to hide than impatience. That's why I say that it's sneaking up behind you. Obviously, if you're a really impatient person, you're trying to get rich quick, normally people can tell that, by the way. It's not, it's not super subtle, especially if you're, you're so impatient that you stop being trustworthy, and so you're going to do whatever it takes to get ahead. Well, then obviously, that impatience monster is, is just, that evil eye, it's bright red. Everyone can see it. The vein is popping. You're trying. You're trying. I'm going to get it. I'm going to gather it. I'm going to have it. I'm going to have it now. Now! I want it now! That could be like the declarative statement of our culture. I want it now. People say of my generation, the biggest thing that really messes up my generation is that we want everything that our parents had 
20 years before they had it. So whatever our parents had when we were leaving the nest, we want that now. We don't realize that our parents, 20 years before that, were broken in a one-bedroom apartment. But we see the, the establishment of 20 years' worth of work, and we think, that's what I deserve right now. And hiding behind us is greed. Saying, yes, you, you deserve all of this. I'm going to read this in the King. I don't read much in the King James Version. But I love Proverbs 28, 22 in the King James Version. You can see where I got this from. It says, he that hasteth to be rich hath an evil eye and considereth not that poverty shall come upon him. Impatience gives you that evil eye. And it's, it's not always really subtle. Sometimes it's very, very obvious. And greed hides behind you, ready to get you, ready to destroy all the purposes of God in your life. Because this series, I can talk about money. I can talk about money a lot. Because money's all over the Bible. But we cannot forget what we say in the first week. This is actually a spiritual issue that has nothing to do with money. It has something to do with money. But it has nothing to do with money. What we're really dealing with is our hearts. What we're really dealing with is our attitudes. What we're really dealing with is are we going to let the Holy Spirit of God change us to be more like Jesus, or are we going to think that because we believe in Jesus, we got our get-out-of-hell-free card, and we can just keep doing whatever we're doing, keep being however we were? And spend our entire lives and actually not accomplish what he put us on earth for. And that's so easy to do. The way of Jesus is the narrow road, my friends. Jesus said it that way. He said, there's a wide road that leads to destruction. There's a narrow road that leads to life. That narrow road is something we can enter into freely through Jesus. It's not, it's not hard to get onto that road, but to live that life, to actually be a person living and acting on the mission of Jesus, to, to go through that process of being a disciple, to go from what we talked about earlier this year, we talked about, so you started a new believer, and then you, some, you grow to being a growing believer. Or you, started, you started as a seeker. You started as a seeker, and then you end up as a new believer and a growing believer, and then you're fully surrendered to Jesus. This imp dealing with impatience in your life has everything to do, and this whole series has everything to do with you making it through those steps and becoming a fully surrendered follower of Jesus. Because we're actually talking, in the context of money, about deep spiritual issues that we have. Things in our soul that are burdened with sin that are holding us down. They're, they're chains on our arms. If I was a good preacher, I'd have a big heavy chain out here so I could talk about it. But I've always hated that sermon illustration. It's so loud. Spiritually speaking, impatience is hiding in our front and greed is hiding in our back. 
And they're fall- these monsters are just all around us as we walk through our lives. And they are keeping us from the mission and purposes of Jesus. Not just in our money, but in every part of our lives. We're impatient to get along with our day. Or we're impatient to go to sleep. I don't care when you read your Bible. Read your Bible. But impatience will tell you, I have too much to do. I'm going to put this down. I don't have time to pray. I'm going to put this, I'm going to, I'm going to set that aside. I'm impatient to get to Netflix. I'm impatient to get to this thing at work. I'm impatient to, I don't have time to stop with that person who I don't know who's obviously hurting and ask them if they're okay and pray with them. I don't, I don't have time to go out of my way to know my neighbors and to love them and to invite them to church. I don't have time. I don't, and we've talked about priorities. This is all an issue of priorities. Also, won't revisit that sermon and that sermon illustration for you. Some of you remember the cones. We're being impatient. We're really being as greedy, and we're saying, whether it's money, whether it's time, whether it's energy to some extent, whether it's our stuff, we're constantly saying, oh, well, I'm too busy. What we're really saying is, this time, this stuff, this everything is mine. And we're the two-year-old toddler holding the toy, mine! We'd like to think, like, we get mad at our kids for that, because we think, oh, well, I'm past this. No, we're not! better take some food off Craig's plate. (laughs) Craig doesn't share food. Mine! So glad you're back from your honeymoon. Picking on Tim isn't as good. Impatience will keep you from the mission of Jesus. The very reason you exist Everyone's always like, what's the meaning of life? Philosophers, what's the meaning of life? And they get all airy about it. The meaning of life is the kingdom of God, doing Jesus' mission, saving people who are broken and dying and introducing them to Jesus who can change their life and transform them. You're put on earth for that in one way or another. That's why you're here. Even if you're not a Christian yet, that's why God put you on earth and you're just not there yet and you need to get there. Jesus wants to save you. He wants to change you. He wants to use you for what God is doing in the world. What an amazing privilege. The God who created the whole universe has a plan and a mission for it, and we get to take part in it, and we miss it all the time because we're impatient. We've got the evil eye. We've got to beat down the evil eye. We've got to say, I can't just wound this thing. I've got to drastically refocus my life. I have to drastically refocus myself from being self-centered to being Christ-centered. That's what the word repent means. No one likes to hear repent in church, uh, except for maybe some Southern Baptist preachers. I don't know. Uh, Repent or you will likewise perish, Jesus said to some Pharisees. I love it. What repent means? Some of you have seen this before, maybe you haven't. Repent simply means to turn away from something, to turn towards something else. I'm going to turn away from everything else, and I'm going to look toward Jesus. 
and I'm going to say, Jesus, I'm going to do what you put me on this earth to do. I'm going to deal with my mess and the chains and the things that are holding me down so that I can be more and more engaged in your mission. Jesus, you took all my sins, all my suffering, all my shame. You took death itself on the cross. And so Jesus, help me to leave it on the cross. Because too often we go and we pick it back up again. Craig's going to pick on me for going over, but I've got to talk about this. Why is the impatient monster the evil eye? Because the impatient monster blinds you to the reality of what is going on. The impatience monster blinds you. And it makes you, instead of seeing the world through Jesus' eyes, it makes you see the world through self-centered eyes. All you see when you are impatient and greed is sneaking up behind you, all you see is what everyone else can do for you. People become something to use to get what you want, and that's how you perceive them. And that might even, other areas of your life, that might be that, that your job is there to get you what you want. It might be that your family is there to get you what you want. It might be that, oh, and no Christian would ever do this, my church is there to give me what I want. Because you have the evil eye, and you are not seeing it through the perspective of Jesus, who says, lay down your life and serve. That people aren't there for you, but you are there for other, everyone else. The impatience monster, the evil eye, is blinding you and keeping you from this, all the things that Jesus put you on this earth for. Let's pray. I need to pray for me. <laughs> After I preach it, I'm like, oh! <sighs> Lord Jesus, help us to turn away from all of this and to turn toward you. Help us to beat down this monster. Help us to see that you've called us to the, the long term, to hard work, to discipline, to being trustworthy people who do what we say we're going to do and do the work to make it happen. Help us to see that impatience is actually driving us to greed. And that all of it is sin and it's trying to kill us. It's trying to kill us. It's trying to kill the purposes of God in our life. But today, Jesus, for each one of us, I pray we turn away from all that. We would turn toward you. We would turn toward your purposes, your plans for our lives. If there's anyone in here who's never taken that first step of faith, I pray that they would turn away from trying to fix their life on their own. They would know, Jesus, that you're the way, the truth, the life that no one comes to God except through you, that simply by believing in you today, they can trade in their brokenness. They can trade in their, their sin. They can trade in all the things that are holding them down and say, Jesus, it's all yours. And said, I accept your free gift of new life.
and I'm going to walk in that new life. And for the rest of us, Jesus, you invite us to your table once again today. Where God, I pray that none of us in here would just eat a cracker and drink a, ju- a cup of juice. But each one of us instead, Jesus, would sit at your table. And remember, your body was broken for me. Your blood was poured out for the forgiveness of my sins, my impatience, my greed. And at your table, Jesus, we would turn to you and we would receive grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Service toast, we're going to pass communion. If you're at Element Church today and you'd say, hey, Pastor Eric, I don't really know what I believe. I don't know that I'm a Christian. That's okay. We do ask you to let this one part of service pass you by. So we're all going to be quietly praying and listening to what Jesus is speaking to us right now. But even if, if you believe in Jesus, even if you just believed in this moment, you can take communion with us. Service toast can pass.
we stand for the last song. I'm laying down my life, I'm giving up control. I'm never looking back, cause I surrender all. I'm living for your glory on the earth. This passion in my heart, this stirring in my soul, to see the nations bow for all the world to know. I'm living for your glory on the earth. Cause for the sake of the world, burn like a fire in me. Light a flame in my soul for every eye to see. For the sake of the world, burn like a fire in me. I'm laying down my life, I'm giving up control. I'm never looking back, cause I surrender I'm living for your glory on the earth. This passion in my heart, this stirring in my soul, to see the nations bow. For all the world to know, I'm living for your glory on the earth. Cause for the sake of the world, burn like a fire in me, light a flame in my soul for every eye to see. Cause for the sake of the world, burn like a fire in me. Cause for the sake of the world, burn like a fire in me. Light a flame in my soul for every eye to see. Cause for the sake of the world, burn like a fire in me like a fire in me for every knee to bow down for every heart to believe for every voice to cry out burn like a fire in me for every tongue to confess you alone are the king you are the hope of the earth burn like a fire in me cause for the 
shake of the world burn like a fire in me Light a flame in my soul for every eye to see Cause for the sake of the world burn like a fire in me Well, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you. May he give you great peace. And may you go into your week with the eyes of the Spirit living on the mission of Jesus. And it's in his holy name we pray. Amen and amen. Grace and peace to you. I hope you have a wonderful Sunday. We'll see you at Life Groups this week, or we will see you next Sunday. Don't forget, before you leave, to sign up to volunteer at the Halloween Carnival. Back table by the Missions Banquet. Or Banquet? Missions Banquet? Missions Wall. Have a great day. I'm out of words.